Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Well, good morning again, everybody. And uh, it's morning. <laughs> it's my pleasure to introduce Pastor Jeff. Uh, Pastor Dave uh, this weekend is in New York. He's speaking at a retreat uh, with uh, the church that Mark Rowe is pastoring at. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, got invited. And Pastor Dave actually invited Pastor Jeff to uh, speak this morning. Pastor Jeff has been coming to Harvest off and on for the past, I think, couple months or so. And uh, and I actually just, just met him this morning, but he's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> but here, let me just uh, just give a little bit of uh, background for him. Uh, Pastor Jeff is the co-director for M4G Dance Ministry since 2015 and a director of Joshua uh, Generation Conference, that's JGen, since 2019. He's also the chaplain for the inner city nonprofit organization, Monster Education Foundation. Um, he's originally from Rockford, Illinois. And so I'm originally from Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. So there's a nice small town kind of feel there. <laughs> and uh, he's currently looking for a new church home. Um, you know, Jeff is married to Ellen, and they have two children, Aliyah and Jeremiah. He loves creative arts, basketball, and his favorite food is sushi. And so <laughs> Pastor Jeff gives all the glory to God and hopes that he can one day reach a million people for Christ. So let's just welcome Pastor Jeff. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Stan, and nice to meet you. Uh, more than anything, you know, more than that introduction, um, I absolutely love my family. I wish, so my wife was supposed to come here and join us with uh, our kids, but her car wouldn't start. I had to come earlier, um, but hopefully she's watching online. I love you, and uh, yeah, more than anything, though, uh, I love Jesus, and I've been following Christ since I was about 13 years old. Just want to thank you for having me. Um, I know Pastor Dave and Pastor Frank. We met uh, several years back during a pastor's conference called Band of Brothers, and I got to play basketball with Pastor Dave, and I don't know if you know, but he can still play, and he was schooling some 20-year-old pastors, and uh, it was awesome. They were humble. Also, Kenny and Lisa Bay, they are my in-laws. Uh, Kenny is my wife's brother, so it's great to worship with family uh, as of lately. And, you know, I've been to many churches, and one thing I could tell is when there is great leadership at a church. And when I come to Harvest, I see that you have great leadership, so do not take that for granted. And can we praise God for them uh, for a moment? Amen. Another connection that I have, last one, is Joe Lee. Is Joe Lee in the room, or is he with the youth group? He's with the youth group. Okay, so I'm going to do some holy gossip real quick. <laughs> All right? Feel free to share with him. So Joe Lee and I, we, we went to school together, and actually we had a few, I don't know if you know, but we had a few dance sessions together back in college. So tell your youth group students to force him to dance at the next youth group. He might still got it. Pastor Dave is in a series called Follow Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. So we're going to continue with that today. There's one thing that I love to do before 
proclaiming the word of God, and it's saying a few affirmations. So real quick, before we go into the word for today, please repeat after me uh, with power and conviction and passion. Please say this, I am a child of God. I am loved by God. And I am the light of the world. Amen. I believe if we hold on to three, these three things daily in our affirmations and our identity, we will be able to follow Jesus every single day of our lives. Forewarning, this is not a feel-good message. I know it's my first time speaking to you, but I have to give you a warning. This is not a feel-good message. This is a message that may challenge you to the core. This is a message where you may want to leave halfway through the sermon. But I encourage you to come with an open heart and allow God to not just improve us, but to transform us in a powerful way. The Bible calls us to a new creation. Amen? Amen. The title of my message is this, Follow in the Footsteps of Forgiveness. Turn to your neighbor and say, Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God that has called us into marvelous light out of darkness. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you that you are continuing to rise up kingdom workers for your harvest that is plentiful, especially in the way that we've seen today, uh, the new members, God. I pray that you would bless them and let it be a testimony of your gospel. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you at this time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. The reality is this. You can buy a watch, but you can't buy time. You can buy health insurance, but you can't buy health. There are things in life that we cannot purchase. And one of those things that we cannot purchase on own is the forgiveness of our sins. We can't buy it because we have all lived imperfect lives. And it could only be bought by the sinless one, Jesus Christ. Amen? The perfect one. Forgiveness can only be bought by Jesus Christ. So what will our response be today? What will your response be today? I was at a marriage conference a couple weeks back. Um, actually, before I talk about that story, I want to see the, the longest marriage in this room. So... My wife and I were going on 10 years of marriage, and see how many people have been married more than 10 years. Raise your hand, more than 10 years. All right, keep your hands up. More than 15 years. Look around. Wow. Can we go to 20 years? All right. 25? Okay. We got a few. 30? 35? All right. How, how many years over here? 35? All right. Can we praise God for that? Amen. I think that was the only hold. So I was at this marriage conference, and uh, there was a couple that was awarded for just their stewardship of marriage and passing on wisdom to the next generation. And unfortunately, there was only one person there. And the wife, who is now a widow, she grabbed the microphone and said, she said this. Don't ever take time for granted. 
She said, my husband got very sick very quickly. And she pleaded with all of the marriages or married couples. She said, do not hold on to unforgiveness. Forgive quickly. Life is too short. My husband got sick so fast and is not here to receive this award. She said, don't go to bed angry. And where did she get that from? She got it from the word of God. Here, in the scripture that we're about to read, when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking about forgiveness, the exact same thing that he would go to the cross for. When Jesus was talking in the word, we see that people will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. And the way that we can love one another is through forgiveness. This is one of the greatest ways that we can show that we are a follower of Christ. Following Jesus includes knowing how to forgive. Today we're going to look at a passage that, again, many of us may not like to read often. I've actually never heard anybody say that this is their favorite passage in the Bible. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. 21 through 35. Peter here was asking Jesus about forgiveness. And it, Jesus had a response that a lot of people didn't think would have. Thank you. I know I'm a little taller, a little taller. So if you could turn your Bibles with me, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him. He began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What happened in this story? Raise your hand if you've heard this story. Many of us, maybe all of us, have heard this story. We have a servant. He owes the master so much, like a million dollars. 
And the master, out of mercy, forgives him his debt. And then he sees another man who owed him comparably maybe a few thousand dollars. And what did he do? He turned around in rage and did not forgive. Raise your hand real quick if you still have student loans. It's okay. It's okay. Many do. Many do. Well, I have uh, something old school in my pocket real quick. Uh, Let me pull it out. I know we got Venmo these days and, and Zelle. I got a check. I know the youth group's not in here. They probably don't know what this is. But I have a check for $100,000. Raise your hand if you got student loans again. Oh, they're going up high now. They're going up high. What if I were to tell you that this check for $100,000 is going to you now? Would it pay all of your debt? How would you respond? Audrey, right? What would you do? Oh, she said that's not enough. <laughs> I might change it to, I'm going to send you to pass the stand for that one then. All right. Imagine, though, how would you react? Imagine if you have a mortgage, right? And the bank calls you and says, Pastor Frank paid your mortgage. What would you do, right? How would you react? I think we would all be astonished, speechless, and want to pay it forward in any way that we can. This parable is a story of debt. This is a story of forgiveness. And the reality is our forgiveness was bought by the blood of Jesus. Our natural reaction is to go away from conflict. And the parable we see here is a story of conflict. You know, there's this interesting thing about the cow and the buffalo. I know a lot of random uh, animal facts because I used to work at Lincoln Park Zoo, and I love animals. Now, the cow and the buffalo they can share a similar environment. And one thing that was found uh, early on was that the way that they react to different storms is very interesting. It could be the same storm, two different herds in the same area. What happens when, when the cloud comes from the east, the storm clouds, what happens is the cows, they get together. They see the clouds. They have the natural instinct to be aware of the clouds, that there is a storm coming. And you know what the cows do? The cows gather together and they actually run away from the clouds. But unfortunately, because the clouds is coming towards them, what happens is they start herding this way and they become trapped underneath the clouds when they get stuck in the valley. And because they run away from the clouds, they actually prolong the pain and the disaster and the rain and the thunder longer than the buffalo. See, the buffalo, they do something different. It could be the same clouds, the same rain, the same thunder, the same lightning. And what happens is the buffalo gather together in the same way. But what happens is, when they see it, instead of running away from the clouds, they run towards the clouds. And in nature, we found out that it takes them less time in the rain because they actually run past the clouds and undergo less pain than the cow. Harvest, my encouragement to you today is as a community, when you herd together, when you gather together, when conflict arises, is that you would head towards the conflict with the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. 
my encouragement to you is to be like the buffalo. Turn to your neighbor and say, be like the buffalo. Be like the buffalo. Amen. So in this scripture, Peter is asking a question of conflict. In verse 21, it says, Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And as many as seven times. And Jesus says, I do not say seven, but I say 77. You know, during this time, the rabbis would teach that you were allowed to forgive a person up to three times. And then after that, just let them go, right? So Peter is actually trying to look a little bit better here than the rabbis. He says, is it seven times, Lord? Because, you know, Peter's always trying to gain that favor from Jesus. And then Jesus says something astonishing during that time. He says, no. He says, 77 times. Now, I don't think this number 77 is literal. I do believe that it was symbolic. We see seven used all over the Bible, and I do believe that uh, it symbolizes completion and perfection and completeness. So I don't think he was saying, go for 77, and then when you get to 78, no more, right? I was counseling a married couple this one time, and we were talking about forgiveness. We were on that topic, and I remember the, the wife looked at me, and she said, do you remember in the scripture? And she said, I counted. <laughs> I counted. 77. I'm over that. Way over that, right? I think Jesus here is talking more from a place of forgiveness rather than going towards forgiveness. See, as Christians, forgiveness is not a reflection of how great we are, but it is a response of how great God is. If you think about it, unforgiveness to non-Christians can totally ruin the good news of Jesus Christ. Imagine even bringing somebody to church and you're in unforgiveness with somebody at church and they come towards you and you have a visitor and you say, mm -mm, we're going, we going this way, right? How bad would that look? My favorite scripture in the Bible is Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. We must understand that when it comes to forgiveness, forgiving people forgive people. But in order for us to understand how to be good forgivers, I think we have to understand why we don't forgive. There's a few reasons that I wrote down. First one is this. Maybe your trust was broken, really broken. You keep forgiving and there's no new results. Maybe for you, you don't want to forgive because you're hurt. Maybe for some of us in this room, we've been victimized. Maybe for others, we're just flat out tired. In this passage, we see that the man is quickly angered. It could have been all of these reasons, but how quickly did he forget what he was forgiven of? How quickly did he forget the huge debt that was just canceled? See, I understand why it's difficult, and many of us and many of you, I could see it in your eyes that maybe you have gone through some difficult things. But I want to ask you, did you know, or do you know, what the first thing that Jesus said on the cross was? Does anybody know? Raise your hand if you know the first things he said on the cross. Yes, some of us. The very first thing, he could have said anything in the world, 
anything. But while he was hanging there on the cross, he chose these words. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The first thing that he said while he was there after being beat, stripped, and humiliated. Church, God is calling us to forgive in a courageous way, in the same way Jesus was courageous. If we want to follow Jesus, we have to follow the courageous one. And in following the courageous one, we have to also be courageous. Maybe for some of us, we've been victimized like what I said. And there's a process of grieving and healing for those of us who have been victimized. And let me help you and replace that word forgiveness with another phrase, another word, release. Release is to let go of all the things that you have been holding on to. I encourage you today to release that hurt to God. As I'm talking, what's one thing that you need to forgive someone of? Maybe it's obvious. Maybe you need to sit on it. Or maybe what is something you need to let go of? When you see a person or are reminded of a person, it gets you all tense. Guys, unforgiveness is like someone walking around freely while we're just holding on to their leg. They could be walking around, but we're the ones actually holding on. Forgiveness is letting go and allowing us to walk our own path. Another picture about forgiveness is this. I know there's uh, several Koreans in here. My wife is Korean, so I could talk about this. Uh, But raise your hand if you like kimchi. All right. I'm going to give you a picture of unforgiveness. Maybe your your, uh, senses will will be activated. Raise your hand if you've ever spilled kimchi juice. Oh, man. Some of y'all know it changes the atmosphere in the room. I remember this one time. I spilled it on the table, and I walked away and forgot to clean it up. I remember when I came back, it smelled real good, right? Real good. And when I went to grab a towel, I couldn't just wipe it. I had to scrub that bad boy. I had to scrub because it dried up and it stayed in the room. Guys, unforgiveness is like that when we don't do it right away. It's a little bit more difficult the longer we let it sit. It's a little bit more difficult the longer we wait. And it may take a little bit more effort. So my encouragement to you is to forgive today. It takes courage, though. One of my favorite authors, Craig Rochelle, he said this. He said, first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. This is why when we forgive and live in forgiveness, we can truly shine for the glory of God. Amen? If you think about it, because of Christ, our sin is not just forgiven, but it is also forgotten. Psalm 51.7 says, Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Forgiven people forgive people. I have a warning, though. Forgiven people that do not forgive people, Jesus has something to say to you. In verse 32, it says, Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave all that debt, and you pleaded with me. 
And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is hard to swallow. We need to understand just how important forgiveness is to the heart of God. When we choose not to forgive, we choose to place ourselves outside of the definition of love and outside of the operating of the Holy Spirit and choose to stay within the desires of our flesh. I want to encourage you, though, forgiveness may be impossible on your own strength. It is. That's why we need the spirit of the living God to get it done. So he says, if I forgive you, you should forgive others. If you don't forgive, my heavenly father won't forgive you. Now, this is a little hard for us to understand sometimes. So I have a quote from John Piper. He said that struggling to forgive is not what destroys us. Struggling to forgive is not what destroys us. As long as we are in the flesh, we will do our good deeds imperfectly, including forgiving and loving others. Jesus died to cover those imperfections. What destroys us is the settled position that we are not going to forgive. And we have no intention to forgive. And we intend to cherish the grudge and fondle the wrong that someone did and feel the bitterness. I'm going to share a story as we kind of uh, close shortly. I'm going to share a story about my family, and I'm going to ask you to actually not share this outside of the circles of harvest. Um, it's a sensitive story, and it's something that just happened not too long ago. I'm going to start with the point of view from my wife, and then I'm going to finish from my point of view. Earlier this year, my wife got ready just like any other day. Uh, she's a nurse practitioner, so she got her stethoscope, she got her PPE, she clocked in, said hello to all of her staff, drank her coffee. She saw a few patients. As the day went on, uh, she had one different patient. And when she closed the door to that medical room with just her and her patient, something happened. I'm going to pause there and now share my side of the story. I went to work, and I had a summer job at the time. And the moment I clocked out, my wife texts me. And she said, I don't know what to do. A patient just touched me. And I'm freaking out. Can I call you? I call her immediately, and I'm not trying to get ang angry. I'm trying to be wise and hear what the whole situation happened. And it was not a good situation. It was done against the permission of my wife. It was done against her will. And I told her to tell her boss immediately. In that moment, I wanted to find out who this man was, what exactly happened, and know where he lives. When we got home, I uh, 
we decided to go to the police right away. And uh, we filed a court case. The man was arrested. And we're continuing on with our second court case this month. I ask for your prayers. And I share this right now because when we're on the topic of forgiveness, this message is not just for you all. This is also for me. I'll keep it raw with you. I'm not fully there yet. There was a moment where I actually called up certain individuals who would be down to do whatever I wanted to this man. I have this man's address. I know exactly where he lives. But because of Christ, I will not let this man control who I am. And I will not let this man allow me to live in unforgiveness and bitterness and give him that control. I will not allow that. Because of the power of the gospel, I am in process right now. And I'm choosing to let go. And today I will actually lead you in a moment of letting go. And just know what I'm letting go of is exactly what I'm talking about right now. This doesn't mean that we're not going to continue our court case. We will continue. This does not mean that I'm going to hug this man when I see him. It simply means that I'm going to surrender the hurt and the pain of what he did to my wife. Because I know the word says that we find freedom when we follow Christ in forgiveness. Church, I want to ask you a question today. Excuse me. How can we not forgive those around us, especially our spouses, our siblings? Our parents, when Christ went to the cross for our forgiveness. I want you to put up the picture that I have prepared. (laughs) I had a picture of the cross, and there it is. As a pastor, one of my biggest fears because I've worked in the church, one of my biggest fears is that I would get desensitized to this image. One of my biggest fears is that I would get desensitized to the power that is found in the gospel. My hope is that when we look at this picture, it would not just be a picture. When we look at the cross, we would truly see what it's worth and have an innate response to worship and give God the glory every single time, which includes surrendering unforgiveness. The Bible says that God says, vengeance is mine, so give it to him. He's the only one who can carry it. Again, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave 
you. So Harvest Community Church, I encourage you to follow Jesus today in the footsteps of forgiveness. We're going to pray, and I'm going to lead you into a time to choose forgiveness. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that our forgiveness was bought by you. God, there's some of us in this room that needed to hear this because they are tired of being in a state of bitterness, in a state of unforgiveness. God, we need you. God, your word says, not by power, not by might, but by the spirit of the living God. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room right now. And as our eyes are closed, God, would you reveal to us what we need to forgive or maybe what we need to ask forgiveness for. God, reveal that to us right now. Uh, Let's just sit in silence for about 20 seconds and let the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what we need to do. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to do it on your own, uh, but I'm going to lead by example. And I'm going to give you a simple structure for forgiveness. God, I forgive because you forgave me first. And I choose today to let go and to release that man in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your eyes closed. I'm going to give you a moment now. You can whisper it. You can say it in your head. But just say, I forgive because God forgave me first. Actually, let's do that as a congregation. Say, I forgive because Christ forgave me first. And then I'm going to give you 30 seconds, and when you're done, just whisper in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.